2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. Oh yeah. Have you been have you been practicing? No, but you can tell every once in a while there's an episode that gets me
3: excited, I right? Can, so that's what this is. This yeah, is excitement.
2: So. Yeah. This is oxytocin flowing, you, flowing through the bloodstream right are, now. And, and Mark, why so excited today? So today's Thursday. That's which is always great. Always I mean, exciting. the Dr. Joe show, Thursday night. I get really excited every Thursday night. I mean, there's no question about it. This I is know. like the highlight of my week right no. now, Dr. Joe. <laughs> and my therapy, my weekly therapy on air, folks. Yeah. Um,
3: live therapy. You live therapy. Hear it right here <laughs> on the live. Dr. Joe show. I need smart styles. Yes. Uh, we have no couch. No.
0: Uh, but gone. um,
2: so, in addition to this being a Thursday, tomorrow begins PMC weekend, which. P- some refer to as the greatest weekend of the year pmc no. that stands for pan mass
3: challenge pan mass challenge for those who don't know an incredible thing mm. incredible. so go on go on go on tell us more Well, that's it it's more. over show's over folks okay, thank you for Bye. your sponsorship because, you, because you are riding. Yes. In the so PMC. tomorrow
2: we go out to Sturbridge, Massachusetts. That's in the 413 area code for those <laughs> local to this area. 413. Yeah. Area 413. code. Sturbridge, Massachusetts. And that's where the opening ceremonies are with uh, Billy Starr. It's uh, found on what? Fox? Uh, um, well, can we? we Let's introduce our guest. Wait, wait, did too. you hear we- that?
3: Did you hear that other voice? That
2: voice is our in-studio guest. Yes, the reason why we have between one and two million viewers right now, right now on Facebook Live.
3: That's right, between is that one. True? Uh, yes, my
2: he... friend and yours, local um, celebrity, uh, oftentimes referred to as Superman. In ah, fact, he was wow. referred to as Superman in the Wall Street Journal Whoa. of all periodicals. That fact, right? <laughs> yeah. Fact. Okay. Yes. Good. <laughs> None the uh, one and only, Rich Murphy.
4: <laughs> Come on Ben I was in the middle of an intro. Go, buddy. Wake up in there. Well, that's a heck of an introduction, Mark. Thank you very much. And Dr. Joe, thanks for having me.
3: Welcome, welcome, welcome. So Rich, we hear all sorts of incredible things about you.
2: <laughs> so Pan Mass. Yeah. Back to Panmas. Now that we've introduced our guest, he yes. can chime in as well. Yes. So you go to Sturbridge, Friday yep. night there's opening ceremonies. Is it on CBS NBC? I think ABC, it is on
4: Fox? I think it's on CBS. The um,
2: local CBS affiliate. They do like it's an opening ceremony. It's it's special, and it shows all of the um, examples of what PMC why, does what and why all we're all riding and but all. What
4: that. is it all about? Go ahead, Rich. What, what is it all about? Uh, <laughs> Rich, we're that's just going to throw you right <laughs> there. What, what is it's all? Well, I need a little help here. It's it's I don't know how to describe it. Well, one, it's the biggest fundraiser. Um, if not in the United States, in the world, single day fundraiser, uh, two day, but two one day, event, excuse one me, event. one event, um, and the goal this year is sixty million.
3: Sixty million. Sixty million in two days. Six in two zero. Days. Six zero. And
4: wow. we, um, it's it's an incredible weekend. Uh, this is uh our fifth, and um, you know, going up to Sturbridge is something else. Uh, our f- the first year we did it was uh, the first year was kind of amazing. Uh, we had a we had a we were a smaller group, and we were training really hard. And um, we were ready. We were ready,
2: as opposed to every this year? year after <laughs> that, because <laughs> <laughs> oh. you obviously you're going to overtrain for fear, right? For fear of failure. You don't. Yep. The last thing you want to do is fail, That's right? A, and the opposite of success so is we, failure. Yes.
4: The first Absolutely. year, but they're we, both I.M.s. Right. Right. The first year, we really we we didn't cut any corners. We didn't mess around, and uh, we showed up in very good shape and uh we were blown away by it uh the community up there the, the spirit the feeling um and it is just snowballed into you know something bigger than i ever had imagined and um it's just it's one of those special
3: weekends but what are they raising funds for they are
4: raising funds for cancer research wow um, through dana farber and the jimmy fund um, hmm. And it's a pretty simple mission, you know. Um, I've been the beneficiary of uh, research. Uh, research turns into cures, but it all begins with the dollars. In order to get the research done, you need the money. Yeah. So, this is how it this is how it goes.
3: So, um, I've been hearing about this from Mark for five years. That's right. <laughs> that's right and hearing about this amazing experience it's it's not just the, the rush of of riding a bicycle right because no, you know because you're, no. you're riding a bicycle from sturbridge all the way down to where down to so it's a two-day event yeah you start in
2: sturbridge and yep. you ride to the mass maritime academy in bourne okay and and you sleep find there. you sleep there you find accommodations either on their ship in their dorms camp or Taste. if you're lucky enough you know somebody within a a few mile radius yeah and then the next morning at sunrise again so sunrise saturday sunrise sunday you ride from mass maritime over the bridge to provincetown
3: and it's special and it's probably not just the two of you six thousand oh, no. six thousand riders Six thousand. four thousand
4: volunteers wow it's amazing
3: wow so we're, just, we're looking at ten thousand people involved in this yeah 6, it's a serious riders four thousand volunteers 60 million dollars all focused in the same singular direction yeah
2: and that direction is from surbridge down to well uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> the, mission the mission is all the same focus yeah it's one focus one love one focus right one ride it's
3: and this this is, i mean we've we've been talking about community over the last month or more and part of why this is just so timely is look at this community what what can people do for each other when they have a focus a mission but a passion and it's a passion to help that's part of who we are as human beings it is a passion to help other people and it doesn't matter what race you are what religion you are what gender you are you got a common mission. That's who we are as human beings.
4: Absolutely. I, I, you know, I never. I mean, not that I never realized it, but um, you know, when I was first diagnosed, um, I was very tight-lipped about it. Um, kept it really close to the vest, and um, you know, I didn't want, really, didn't want anyone to know.
2: When was that?
4: Um, it was 2008. Um, Can I we was... ask
2: why he wanted to be tight-lipped about it? Because I understand it, but I. I want to explore it a little bit. Like, why wouldn't you want community help?
4: <laughs> well, now see, you're going to get me, you know, tearing up early. It was pretty easy.
3: Um, my kids were little. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. And, uh... and you're getting teared. <laughs> But and But that's you know okay. But but you know what? I, I just I just want to comment on that for a moment because that that shows just again the community, the small community that we built right here in studio right now where I hope you're feeling safe mm-hmm. and respected and valued oh. and that is what leads to trust trust right and with trust you can say whatever you want because yep. you know people aren't gonna judge you oh yeah it's I, less than broken fine.
4: absolutely comfortable here on the couch
3: but this is part of the I am this is what the <laughs> I am is about so tell us I mean so you didn't want
2: your kids to know then
4: I didn't want my kids to know they were little they were um, You know, there were four, four, five, and seven. Mm. And uh, what's that line? We wanted to keep them, we wanted to treat them like mushrooms, keep them in the dark. Mm. And, um, you know, we just, we, we, and and it's funny, not that it's backfired over the years, but we kept it tight-lipped. And, you know, obviously we had to let the school know. um, And it started trickling out. And, um, once it started trickling out, I mean, that's, uh, I, I can't remember exactly when I met Mark, but, you know, uh, 11 years later, no, I mean, I'm an open book, um, and, and I'm the better for it. It's been an unbelievable experience opening up, um, and, you know, we're here in the Marshfield studio, uh, this can talk about a community. The minute I opened up, the Marshfield community, uh, you know, they wrapped their arms around me mm-hmm. and... Uh, I guess this is what we were talking about before, that feeling. And uh, and I am forever grateful to this community because, you know, they threw me on their shoulders and got me through to where I am today.
2: Yeah. Isn't that amazing to hear that? Because I witnessed it. I watched that go into place, and, and there's so much truth to what he's saying. They just rallied, and it's him. I mean, it's a testament to him, right, to, I suppose... You would imagine that the community would wrap themselves around anybody, and they have. I've seen them around the children and the people that they don't Absolutely. know. But, you know, had Rich been living in another community in the mountains away from all these people, you know, how much did that contribute to his healing?
4: Oh, it's, it's huge to it. I mean, it's yeah, it's amazing, you know, the community. And then, you know, it it really started, you know... I mean, you started from the street community, and then expanded further, and then you know it was so centric to Marshfield. I, uh, you know, I felt like it was it was like a mission for Marshfield to get me through, and um, mm-hmm. you know, it exp- of course, it's expanded further and further with friends and family and what what have you. But uh, you know, the sense of community and um, is really something that uh, you know, I've been the beneficiary of, and watched and was part of something that was kind of earth-shattering to me,
3: life-changing. And this is what the social domain can be, right? right? Remember, the I am, we're always doing the best we can, but we're influenced by four domains. Your home domain, and Richard, you're talking about how your home domain had this influence. You didn't want to expose your children to what? To the fear of losing their dad?
4: What, what do you think that was? Absolutely, and um, pro- probably not only the fear of losing their dad, but not how, not knowing you know being a young father at the time not knowing you know how to you know manage through that storm i right. mean this was
2: and how to even have the conversation
4: like yeah they were too fine, young to have the conversation right, right. and we didn't want you know and we didn't want you know we just we just really kept we really kept it tight and it's funny so now my children are 14 17 and 20 and they don't like talking about you know dad being sick they we it's almost it's weird it's almost ignored in the house to us a, a little bit but
2: well it didn't exist to them right for a very long yeah, period of time i guess so at what point were they openly exposed to it and realized oh boy Daddy's.
4: well i mean we you know when we were at dana farber um you know they, we were open to their you know their social um help and uh, i remember meeting um a group there and introducing um mackenzie max and jake to some therapists and um you know we 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 did that for a while i mean you know we had an i had an up and down diagnosis um you know looking back on it you know there was a couple times you thought you were in the clear and so not that you forget about it but i mean you know i don't know dr joe if you know the history i mean it was it was it was kind of a (laughs) <laughs> Crazy roller coaster ride they Explain
3: it. Yeah, we're talking about Richard, and we're talking about uh, let's just put it out there, cancer, and being a survivor, mm. and and staring that, staring and, death in the eyes, and and having a community around you that comes together, a home domain that that is there to support you. It's going to affect your biological domain and the IC, how you see yourself, how you think other people see you. I mean, this is. This is part of, of what the IM is about. And we were in the middle of, of talking about the story. So let's, can we go back and- Yeah, let's rewind a little bit. We're back in, what, 2008.
4: 2008, okay. 2008 Just just, um, in fact, I, I I received my first, di- I received my diagnosis. But were there uh,
3: were there things before that that gave you a, a hint that something was going on?
4: There was a hint, but I would never expected this. So okay. the hint was, um, it was february vacation of 2008 started it was something so minor um i started waking up in the middle of the mountain in the middle of the night with dry mouth hmm. um and that's all it was and wow. i went from february till june 18 uh, july 18th excuse me um dealing with this issue and all i thought you know uh, something would block up in my nose I'd breathe through my mouth my mouth would get dry i would wake up and for that entire time i probably slept you know a couple hours here a couple hours there and i was going to a bunch of doctors uh, i went to a bunch of doctors and i i would say the same thing and i, I said i think there's a golf ball up in my nose and mm. i can't tell you how many people looked up there and uh, and I, I can't tell you what they saw or what they didn't see but what i can tell you is on July 18th, 2008 at, at 8 a.m. Mm. I went to see Dr. Lazor. He was my kid's um, P- he's my kid's ENT. The night before I was at another doctor and I called my wife and I said, "I'm at my wit's end. I, I've seen a million people, nobody knows what's going on." And I said to her, "Give me Dr. Lazor's number." And she said, "You'll never get him. It's it's 4:55 the Thursday night. I said, just give me the number. I call the doctor's office and I said, does Dr. Lazor have any openings? She goes, oh my goodness, we just have a cancellation, eight o'clock tomorrow
3: morning, can uh, you come in? I oh said, of course man, I Oh man, don't you love this. Mm-hmm.
4: And this was my first break. And so I went in, he put a, he looked up my nose and he goes, has anyone told you about this? I said, N- told me about what?
2: Had anyone else looked up your nose?
4: A million people. Really? But,
3: wow. You know, but um, not with his eyes, not yeah. and with I his said, specialist eyes. He goes, eyes.
4: "You got a golf ball up there." And I said, "Fine." And I'm sitting there in t-shirt and jeans. I'm going. We're going on vacation that day. And he goes, "Well, you gotta go into Boston right now and get this thing biopsied." I said, "I'm not going anywhere. I'm going the Cape right now with my wife and kids." And he said, "How's your pain level?" I said, I, "How's your pain threshold?" I said, "I'm not really sure." He goes, "Well, we're gonna do it here."
0: Whoa! <laughs>
4: he biopsied, and I said, "Here's my cell." call me with the news and we went down to the cape stayed at a friend's house and um that wednesday we're sitting on the beach i get the call um and he said uh hey rich you now i've got some bad news for you so what's the news he said uh the pathology came back and um it's melanoma oh. and i said oh you, it's so funny mark you say oh, i said melanoma i'm like you know, that's kind of the good one, isn't it? <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> No, he goes, it's not. He goes, You gotta you gotta get up here. And I said, well, you know, what do you mean I gotta get up here? And so um you know, I gave my wife the news, the three kids are, you know, swimming in the ocean and um the next day we drove back to Marshfield and and we're kinda of processing it and um my wife called on me. Fa- I come from a big family, I come from seven and um we were going into mass iron air that week and at she the called
2: time. all your family is that what you were about to say
4: she did she called all, all my family uh they all came over there was another birthday party that were on that same time so everyone came over to my house and and uh that's when i threw down the gauntlet and i said you know this doesn't leave this family and uh mm. i said do not talk about it until we know what's going on because we, we didn't know what was going on so i'll fast forward we get into Mass, uh, Mass General. We get into Dana Farber, and eight eight oh eight. They took the primary tumor out of my nose, um, and um, primary. T- it was a long operation. I think I was, you know, it was a seven-hour operation. They got, wow. they got the tumor. I was walking into that operation thinking it was a day surgery, and I was in there for three or four days after, not really <laughs> expecting anything, and. Um, did 10 weeks of narrow beam radiation at Dana-Farber afterwards and finished up radiation around October that year and my wife and I you know she loves Halloween we had a big Halloween party and we kind of looked at each other and we said Jesus you know I think we dodged one here Mm -hmm. and life went on and um, a year later one, or not a year later one, what was it one eleven ten Um, well, prior to that, a second, uh, about a year later, another site showed up in my lungs. Hmm. They watched it. So after
2: the the 10, uh, treatments, they didn't see cancer after that? Yeah, it was
4: just one site. It was one tumor and, you know, there was nothing else there. So, um, you know. So
2: you went a year.
4: Went a year and then something showed up in my lung. They weren't really nervous about it. And then, you know, I was on a battery of scans every three months at this time. So scanned it showed up they said let's not really worry about it three months later it was twice as big we biopsied and they're like yeah it's gonna come out and so one what was it 111 2010 they went in they took it, another site out of my lung and we did a bunch of different therapies some chemo, some chemo pills and uh, but no you couldn't really treat the lung and so my wife and I are sitting there and. <laughs> we dodged another one. I said, I think I can manage this. I said, if we, if I go under the knife every other year, I said, I think I can manage this if something yeah. shows up. Mm. And then uh, the proverbial hit the fan. Uh, a year later, we're going in for just a, a regular scan checkup. And that's when um, we were really floored. We came out of it, um, went and did the scans, sitting with Dr. Hody, waiting for the scans to be read. And then when you see, you know, 10 doctors walk in, you know, mm. you know, something's up. And at that time, um, I said, you know, what's going on, Dr. Hody, my oncologist at Dana-Farber? Which Farber, is
2: Dana-Farber,
4: right? Um, he's, you've uh, got 20, I think, 13, 15, 20 sites
2: <laughs> all over.
4: And, uh, wow. you know, we've got an issue here. And this is 2012 now? This is 2011. Okay. And, um... So that's when we knew we were in a different realm. So at that point, we did, we talk about the beneficiary of time. Um, you know, the, the, the research um, was coming in, research was changing, you know, almost day by day. And he mentioned, you know, I, I couldn't do, you know, chemotherapy wasn't a therapy they, they could, they, they recommended. There were a couple other, you know, very harsh drugs that you almost, you know, they were offering to give them to me more as just something to do, mm-hmm. as not really a remedy. And um, so the first thing I ever heard, you know, that a, a, um, I'll tell you a funny story. It was a, um, the first immunotherapy drug that I had the opportunity to, to, to um, test for was a CureTech. It was a company out of Israel, a CureTech pharmaceutical. And they had uh, one of the first uh, immunotherapy drugs that I could try and get into there was one spot left on the trial, and I had to, you have to test to get into these things. And so, um, you know, they did blood screening, they did pulmonary tests, and I had my red blood count for some reason was low. And, and Dr. Hody, you know, this is like over a, a week period of time, Dr. Hody called me up because, you know, we gotta get that red, we gotta manipulate that red blood test or you'll never even get a shot at this trial. So I said, you know, what do you want me to do? He goes, yeah, before we take blood, just do jumping jacks. And I said, you know, Dr. Hody, you got to give me something better than jumping jacks. I said, I'm (laughs) not going to do jumping jacks. I said, you know, what do you mean? He goes, well, just do like 50 jumping jacks. I said, And so the the next day we're driving in Mm. and I told my wife, I said, "Um, yeah, you're dropping me off. We got off the highway to go to Dana-Farber and we're like four miles away. I said, I said, pull over." she's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm not doing jumping jacks. So I ran to Dana-Farber with my cell phone and mark into a test i am not a runner
3: <laughs> you and ran four miles <laughs> to just get, about to get yeah, yeah. the exercise get the <laughs> to get the heart oxygenation rate to get the, and the heart rate going and so when
4: i get to dana farber i call my wife on the phone i'm like are they ready for me and she's like no you gotta come up here and get in line so then i went up in line got in line and they said when am i gonna get the blood drawn and they're like not yet so I just, now i'm running around the building <laughs> And they said, "Come back up. You're ready." I go up. They're not quite ready. Now I'm doing Jeez. jumping jacks. Now you're doing the, the jumping jacks. <laughs> and um, they drew the blood. I'm soaking wet. And Doctor Hody says, "Stay, stay by the phone. We'll get this. We'll get out the application. Um, they're you know, they're, their timing is a little off."
3: The blood work has been so taken. So
2: biologically, that would work. That would create a better red blood cell test? Well, because
3: the red blood cell is responsible for oxygenating. Mm-hmm. And look, at the
2: bi- for look at what the biological domain is doing
3: biological, that's it.
2: And what this are they is testing for? What do they say, that he's strong enough in well, every other realm?
3: There must be some protocol and, and some some criteria that you have to do to get into the study yeah what happened
4: i well so it's not i mean so well so anyhow so i I ran and did all this stuff driving home before i even got to the split in braintree coming back to marshfield i get a call from dr hody and he goes what the hell did you do and i said well i certainly didn't do jumping jacks (laughs) and he goes well you blew the number out of the wall and i forget what we were looking for it's so funny I mean I you know a couple years ago I would have known the number if it was like if we were looking for 50 I think I was like at 250 whatever the number was he goes stand by the phone we're gonna get this packet out and we're gonna hear back and this was my first digging into a clinical trial this is a clinical trial stage Um, so around midnight I get a call from Dr. Hody and he gives me the word that I'm sorry they didn't accept you Ooh, what and i was oh i you know poor dr hody's ears uh i gave him a good ration right then and there i couldn't get it i, I thought it was a foregone conclusion so you I, went limbic absolutely right
3: uh and so, I so, understand so absolutely well it's it's an i am it's right. a, i'm not I'm so not much so <laughs> i'm <that> judging you <laughs> I'm a psychiatrist this not a judge right, mark right
4: you'll like this one because i can still find it on linkedin so that <laughs> night i pulled up CureTech. Wow. Tracked down the CEO wow. and I private messaged him to, through LinkedIn. Huh. And I told him, I said I was the it was between me and somebody else. And I said, all I want to say to you is you picked the wrong guy.
2: <laughs> and mm, Wow. You get the competition to stay alive. I right? said, do jumping jacks and he runs four miles, runs stairs, does the hi. jumping jacks, not willing to accept no no is not an option so i'm gonna find the ceo of the company and i'm gonna i'm gonna (laughs) give it one more go yeah because i'm not closing the book on this life yet
3: you control you influence everyone and you're you're influencing i just you know i
4: never got a response it's still in my history on linkedin i I saw it uh, a couple months ago i said Mm -hmm. you picked the wrong guy so then um dr hody said don't worry you know there's something out there and then um the next thing that came available was uh, Bristol-Myers Squibs, uh, a drug called Ippi, and, um, and Ippi is an immunotherapy that I was able to take, and um, I, I took that, uh, my, my dates are going to be a little messed up, I think I took that late 2011 into 2012. It was an all-day, you know, uh, intravenous that I took every three weeks. And it was the first sign of hope. I, I, I um, after three months of the immunotherapy, and I'm not sure if you know how immunotherapy works, mm-hmm. it, you know, it but opens up, it's a, it's, I guess it's non-evasive. It's, it, it's manipulating some proteins. Right. And um, it's turning on your immune system, like turning on the faucet at the sink. That's right. But you don't have a mechanism to shut the faucet off.
3: Hmm.
4: And, um, and so I was on it for several months and um, my tumor shrank. And um, we were all gun ho. The drug became approved, and that's a whole nother story. And um, unfortunately, three months later, all my tumors grew again, and I got pulled off that trial. So um, you know, so we're back at square one. So I'm back with all these tumors. Um, we had a drug that worked, and then didn't work. So we did a bunch of different therapies, and now it's a waiting game because now you can't just roll into another clinical trial because you can't have the data followed from the previous one. So I think I almost had to be off something for almost a year.
3: And, um, but isn't that incredibly dangerous time, I mean, to be off everything for a year and knowing that, that the melanomas are just growing? I mean, what was yeah. that like?
4: Well, it's, you know, it's funny you say danger, you know, when I, I didn't even think about danger to my body. It, the problem was your head is, you know, when you're on a therapy, you're 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 somewhat calm by being proactive. Right. When you're off a of therapy, you you know, you're like, you're crazy. That's what it's I'm talking about. It's like at any moment.
3: So just as a parenthetic, this is the only problem that we have with having a prefrontal cortex, right? Because the prefrontal cortex is our ability to anticipate what will happen next. And this is what human beings can anticipate. What will happen next if I am on the brink like this? So let's, Keep going. Well, that was it. Was
4: it was it was as I said. Anyone I talk to, and, and I get a lot of calls from people all across the country, just calling me and asking for help. And uh, I always say, you know, we got to figure out, we got to figure you out from the shoulders up first before mm-hmm. we do anything oh, else. That's so true. Good, um, good advice. But um, so
3: even from the eyebrows up. <laughs> even from yeah. the eyebrows
4: up. So then um, a year later. Um, uh, Merck came out with a new drug, MK-3475, and um, I went on it for I went on, I went on it for four doses, and I was going in for my fifth treatment, uh, and the fifth treatment coincided with my kids' last day of school here in Marshfield, and I said to my wife, "I'm going to pick up." I said, "I'm doing great with the medicine. I'm going in by myself." I get home, my wife went back to work at this time. I get home, get the kids off the bus, and it'll be a great day. Well, you know, people planning God laughs. So okay. I go into Dana-Farber, get my blood work, waiting for my medicine, and I wait, and I wait, and I wait, and you know when you wait, it's not good. So then they haul me back into Dr. Hody's office. I said, what's going on? Um, you're going into renal failure. Something's happening and it's not good, so I checked in. They checked me into the Brigham for four days, and I was hel- I felt healthy as an ox. Mark and I were training for probably one of the triathlons, mm-hmm. and we were in good shape, swimming, biking, running, and, and they came in, and um, I was going into, yeah, I was uh, renal failure. Um,
3: That's uh, kidney failure.
4: Kidney failure, and um, a whole host of things, and so the, so the first night, they called me, uh, Dr. Hody calls me, and they do some scans that day. And they said, you know, Dr. Hody calls me, he goes, I've got good news and I've got bad news. And I said, well, you know, what's the bad news? <laughs> oh, okay. And he goes, the bad news is um, Merck is pulling you off the drug. Ugh. And I said, well, you know, <laughs> I guess then what's the good news? <laughs> and he said, the imaging that you had done, taken today, we see your tumors are shrinking. Oh, nice. Uh, well, uh, and I well, so then I, Dr. Hody got another hammer in that night, and I said, well, how can these things be shrinking and they're pulling me off the drug? This is the most unfair thing I've ever heard. And he goes, unfair, fair. He goes, this is how it works. You're off, but it's working. So um, hmm. so between...
2: And you're off because your kidneys are failing.
4: Kidneys are failing. Yeah. So between that, that is now June of June... And by October, I was there was no evidence of disease. All my true tumors are shrunk. <laughs> so God God laughs.
3: yeah
2: <laughs> yeah. And how about that CEO? I mean, maybe that wasn't the right
3: trial Who knows? I no,
4: mean it is I uh, mean uh, there's a bunch of stories. there's a bunch of little stories yeah. in between there, but that's that's the gist of it. I mean that's how crazy it was and um, but everything and happens Merck, for
2: a reason ever since you know? Merck. We're sitting here cancer-free.
4: Ever since Merck, oh, yeah, gosh. and um,
2: I'm buying stock in Merck tonight.
4: Uh, I I've got, you know, a, I'm, I'm just touching. I've got wood. two. I only own two stocks. I'm just I guess you could grasp, guess
3: which ones: Bristol yeah. Myers Squibb and Merck. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, that's amazing. So, this this almost sounds like a miracle for those who believe in miracles. Well, I believe
2: that's why they refer to him as Superman in the Wall Street Journal. I mean, this is. This is Dana Farber at its finest. Like, there's un, they're unwilling to give up because they're well-funded, pulling it full circle. They're well-funded because of things like the Pan Mass Challenge and the awareness that people have that are saying, I want more Rich Murphys. I, I'm tired of going to funerals. I want more stories like Rich Murphys.
3: And that's what Pan Mass is about. Yeah. is yeah. helping. Yeah. You know, I, I just want to take a, a quick break away from this, Rich, because we have a caller. I've got... Dr. Bob Freeman on the phone, who is one of my old, old, you know, full disclosures. One of my colleagues from High Point. Uh, Bob, you on the phone there? Yeah, I'm right here. All right, I'm just going to turn on the volume. So I, 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 found out today that Bob has been riding um, PMC for how many years now?
0: Uh, this is gonna, will be my 19th. Oof. How Great many here. since when? 19. I started in 2000. I missed one year because I had an accident.
3: And and, I, and what what has inspired you to do this, Bob?
0: Um, when I first started, I didn't know, know much about it. I, I, it was more of a bicycle challenge. But then I've learned more about it. I've learned how they uh, they use the money. You know, the government money is kind of dried up, and they use, they do pilot. They use the money from the PMC to do pilot studies, and then when they, the studies show some promise, they can actually. Um, you know get the funding and they've given us many specific examples over the years of very specific drugs and immunotherapies that have been developed just because of the PMC.
3: And and what is this experience like for you? I mean you're you're, you're doing it for years now. What's the experience for you?
0: Well it's very hard. I, when I first did it I said well how hard could this be? I mean so many people do it but I was shocked at uh, all the hills you know coming in from the Sturbridge. <laughs> uh- but now that I'm older um, I'm more afraid of the downhills, to tell you the truth. I'm, I'm 73, so I'm getting to be one of the older, older people. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm amazed you. at um, the people at the side of the road, the, almost the whole route, and, uh, and they just look right at you and, you know, they say thank you. I mean, I, I've been a primary care doctor, so I've always been riding for people, and one year I was riding for a family, but um, I, I'm just amazed at the people who are out you know, cheering you on the whole way. It does really help. We've had a lot of rain the last few years, and, you know, people, even the pouring rain, people are standing there, uh, out, you know, just out there uh, cheering you on.
3: And that experience is part of what we're talking about, that experience of feeling that gratitude. So let me, let me ask, Bob, when you experience that gratitude, how does that influence what you want to do? How does that influence what, do you want to give more back?
0: Yeah, uh, you, know, and, and, you know, I'm lucky. I, I know a lot of people, so I, I get a lot of checks. I, I raised a lot of money over the years. I, I think I just passed three hundred seventy-two thousand oh, dollars. <laughs> All right, And when, I, and when a... I get these big checks, I write people back, and it, you know, it really spurs me on that people. You know, and they and they also say nice things, or you know, so it, it keeps me going. But I think, um, you know, the other thing too is people often say, oh, they raise all this money for cancer, you know, why don't they just cure it? But, you know, I've, I've been a doctor since 1972, and I, I remember I did a, a oncology rotation at Johns Hopkins in 1973, and those people were so sick, and their diagnosis was so late, and the treatment was horrible. I mean, I've never forgotten it. People were getting severe infections and dying and bleeding, and uh, what we have now is so much better than when I first started, it's so remarkable.
3: Look, I, I I just want to thank you so much for for calling in, but so much for the dedication that you have to help all these people. It is really really inspirational, and that's part of what you guys are doing for other people. You are inspiring. Thanks for writing, Dr. Bob.
4: That's pretty okay. impressive. Thanks for okay, calling thank you. in. Really okay, appreciate
2: you're it. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Did you hear what he said about? People looking at you uh, when you're riding. I mean, that's crazy. the oxytocin, and that's what we were talking about off air about what keeps you pedaling. It's not adrenaline, but it's that. It's the signs that say, "My son is 12 because of you."
4: <sighs> yeah. Uh. Uh, how about the first uh, the first time rolling into Lakeville? Uh. So we're you're suffering by Lakeville. You're kind of miserable. You're
2: probably 80 you're, miles in. Yeah,
4: and. You just hang, and I, I got dropped by my team. There, I was no, behind them, and,
2: <laughs> and we waited.
4: <laughs> Lean on me. <laughs> Your heads down. You're just trying to get to the next rest stop. Next rest stop is Lakeville, which is the um, oh my goodness, how come I can't think of the name of this stop? The high school. Um, no, the, but the, the the kids. Oh, um, the
2: uh, pedal pedal partners. Pedal partners,
4: and so you about a mile out, you just start seeing these pictures of these kids, and these kids, and these kids. <sighs> And by the time we pulled into lakeville uh, our whole team was there we we're just in tears and we just said all right <laughs> i don't feel that bad anymore and we're going to crank this thing out yeah. it was just um that was amazing and the, the parents there and the kids there and uh, so you have
2: to so visualize this okay you're hurting <laughs> it's hot or it's raining and it's an open area you haven't seen a ton of people now people yeah. are lining the streets and people are in their neighborhoods but there's a stretch where There's not a a ton of people. And all of a sudden, you hit this hill. And you're looking up at this hill. And it's going to be a long hill. But then you look to your right, and there's these pictures. These faces. One. After. Hundreds. Another. And another. As you're going up this hill. (coughs) So it's like... i think i can
3: keep going this is the motivation yeah Yeah. you see but that's powerful that's who we are as human beings we see a stranger in distress and we can mobilize and find all this energy so rich you're a survivor and that is an influence on so many people and jason let me welcome you here thank you how come you're writing what's going on jason
1: so that's first of all Thank you so much for for having me. I I really appreciate it, Mark. You too. Um, This is it's really an honor just to be talking about, you know, why I ride the Pan Mass Challenge. Um, And it's real. it's about my mother. So unfortunately she passed away in 2013 Mm -hmm. uh, of uh, lymphoma, right? So she had uh, what what I was told and I, it was funny I was listening to um to the show on the way in and listening to to rich's story about the, his comment about melanoma being the good kind of cancer so she had c uh, l l which is chronic uh, lymphocy- uh chronic Le- lymphocytic uh, leukemia right and her Uh, guidance to me was that this is the best kind of cancer that you could hope to have and most people die of other causes before this type of cancer would um would uh do you in Mm -hmm. so to speak um but unfortunately for uh, a small population of those people for about five percent of that uh that group it um changes to uh to lymphoma which is it doesn't have a very high survival rate so and that's what happened to my mother unfortunately Mm -hmm. so um uh, yeah so uh, unbelievably sad but one of the 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 really heartening things about the 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 good things i take away from the story is that um i is the community of Friends, uh, family, and loved ones that really came together to support her, including Dana Farber. Um, but uh, you know the overnight stays and people who would come in from out of town to, to help out for uh, to stay with my mother for you know several days or a week, or and give rides up to Boston. She was living uh, on the South Shore at the time. So you know that's what really heartened me about um, about someone who obviously was incredibly close to me a wonderful beautiful amazing person um, who we lost but there was a this this tremendous show of of community and of of support that um, was was really encouraging and that was your inspiration to start writing yeah so it was. Uh, well, so Mark Stiles here uh, is, has been a, a good friend of mine for a long time. And, he, and we were
2: already riding at that
1: point, yeah, right? Mark was already riding. Uh, and he's like, you know, you are you should be riding this. If anyone should be riding, you know, you're uh, someone who should. And I agreed. And I just hadn't really thought of it. But then after doing it, so this year will be my third year, uh, of participating in the Pan Mass Challenge, um, and it's, I can't say enough good things about it. So, uh, what is the experience like for you, Jason? So, you know, it's hard, right? It's it's um, it's it's challenging in 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 a couple of ways. One, the physical challenge of it, uh, as your as your colleague had mentioned, the, the hills going both up and down are very challenging um and training for that to be in good enough shape to do that without you know really you know failing (laughs) at it you you need to you need to be in a certain amount of shape so there's that but then also the the fundraising you know and it's and it's reaching out to that network that same network of people that um that helped to to support my mother and and other people beyond that circle uh, to, to help support this cause of finding a cure for cancer. Um, so when I thought about it, it didn't take me very long. In fact, I think we were up at Loon Mountain That's right. for a ski weekend. It, it, you know, it was only a matter of minutes where I was like, I was, yeah, absolutely, I'll do it. And I signed up um, to, to commit to, to the ride.
2: So one of their slogans is commit, then figure it out. Hmm. which is very powerful. And I will say what, what Jason brought up, um, not a lot of people talk about, but the the high barrier of entry for a lot of people is the, the required uh, fundraising. Hmm. And it's a big number. This year, I think, if you sign up as early as you possibly can and commit early, it's $5,000. Hmm. So that's a big number for a lot of people. And a lot of people don't want to ask, right? They don't want to burden other people with these fundraisings. But... What I will say about the p m c the Pan mass challenge is that people know it and they've seen the results of it so the the ask is a lot easier than it would be for what I would say any other event I mean I'm kind of biased with it because I get it and I'm fully immersed in it. but for those that are worried about that that threshold, it's very doable because to the point where most people know in this state, at least what the pan mass challenge is and and it's really easy to educate them on it. And the ask becomes easy when you have examples like Rich, you know, and you have stories. And stories like Jason's. Right, that's right. right. And those folks will come around and circle him up again because it's their way of sticking with him too and And supporting him when they were supporting him and his mother, but now this is that small change, that That's one right. little thing that they can do to say, Jason, I'm still here.
3: And that, that is it because, you know, the two rules of the I am, two principles, because the four domains interconnect, your home, your social, the biological, and the see. how do I see myself? How do I think other people see me? Because they interconnect, you make a small change in any one domain, it can have a ripple effect. And we have heard one small change after another in Richard's story, Mm -hmm. one small change after another that has an effect. And then the second rule, because everyone is interested in what you think about them and you're part of someone's home or social domain and you know that you affect somebody's brain and body the way you treat them, you control no one, you influence everyone. And the three of you are influencing so many people by writing, by the example that you're setting, by saying I am going to give of myself to help others, and this is powerful, and that's why I want to thank you on the air right now, because what you're doing is so important in sending a message to everyone that we can do this. We can do this. So I want to thank you guys for coming in. Thanks for sharing your story. It's powerful. Mark, thanks for writing. Jason, thanks for writing. You know? Thank you. It is for having. It is my us. pleasure. Thanks for what you do, guys. Dr. Joshua will be back next week, and I think we may be continuing the theme of gratitude a couple of weeks down from now cuz Mark is going to be away for a couple of weeks showing his gratitude to his family and to all those others. Thanks everybody.
2: Stretch